Hey gang, this is Trent Chattaker, chiropractor and advocate for chiropractors who locate, analyze, and facilitate the correction of vertebral subluxation for the better expression of the body's innate intelligence. Welcome to today's tick, where each week we study a chiropractic principle, question, or chiropractor to help you acquire today's philosophy, science, and art of chiropractic. Thank you for investing your time with us as a student of chiropractic. Now let the class begin. R.W. Stevens states the following in his 1927 chiropractic textbook. We began at a following period to study the spine from a mechanical point of view. Until this time, the only people who attempted to study the spine as a machine were osteopaths, although pathologically they still regarded man as chemistry and physics. We confined our observations and mechanical ideas to the spine so much so that we brought out the knowledge of the schematics of the spine, both normal and abnormal, as to position, opposition, and subluxations. We then began to study of the pathological traumatic and anomalous conditions of the spine. At that time began the gathering of the osteological collection which we now possess for the purpose of educating the theories then held and propagation of others. It became necessary that we know the human spine. That was the keynote of the study of causes of diseases of man. We studied spines of all characters, thousands of other bones that we might better reach a new thought of idea in progress. How well that has been done you know today. Hours, months, and years were spent in the study of dead bones to be able to give thoughts that may be taught in a few minutes. Yet it took years to reach the conclusions given in a few minutes. R.W. Stevenson. In today's tick, we're going to grow in our understanding on why spinal function matters. As you listen, make sure you share us with your friends, classmates, and colleagues, and feel free to tag us at today's tick. Now let the class begin. I got a big question for you, and the question I'm going to start the episode off with today is what matters most in life? Think about that. And if you need a little help, you could just Google what matters most in life, and on your search, you'll probably see at the very top of the list is health and well being. You see, well being matters, and for most of us, we take it for granted until a part of it or all of it is lost and we're unable to do what matters most to us during the day-to-day activities because the well-being within us is unable to keep up. And it's easy to lose something that you don't understand much about. In contrast, that which we value and care for gains greater protection for it. And my opinion is the spine and its role in well-being is one area of misconception and vulnerability to being depleted in its integrity due to a lack of investment back into it, partially because just the unknown 
aspects of how it works and its purpose uh, being part of it. So understanding that spinal function promotes a role in overall well-being is vital. It's necessary, and that is the purpose of today's episode. And so if asked what the purpose of the spine is in the body, most, if not all, would fall victim to the childhood educational context focused on a two-dimensional diagram of a spine with bones stacked one on top of each other. So we get, caught, we get taught at an early age that our spine is a vertical stack of bones very similar to a tower of blocks with one supporting the stability of the next, which is kind of funny in context if you think about it because here we get taught at such a young age an elementary concept of the spine and in relation we could use an elementary stack of towers one on top of another uh, to correlate the concept that the spine is similar to a bunch of blocks being held together at the foundation or footing of the very bottom. So vertical stacks of bones or a column of bones require a base of stability and though there is stable points built into the spine and that concept is built into our education as chiropractors, the fact of the matter is the stability of those base points are in constant flux and they have the ability to move at most if not all times throughout the day. And so this theory of bones being stacked upon one another to keep the body in an erect position doesn't account for several factors that must be considered on today's episode from a logical and physiological standpoint in order for us to gain a greater understanding of spinal dynamics. The first point I want to talk about is the human body is not a tower of sorts. Uh, although we do have uh, footings with our feet being the grounding footing in sort, uh, but the point of a tower is there is no mobility. There is absolutely no mobility in a tower. Otherwise, that tower would crumble upon itself. And there are plenty of stories out there that you can Google to find towers that, or apartments, or any complexes that completely collapse because the footings and the base were not uh, enough to support the weight of what was on top. So, our body is not a tower. It is fluid. It is moving. It is more similar to a balloon, folks, than a tower. And this includes the spine because that spine and the picture of that two-dimensional bone on top of one another stacked on top of each other, that concept just doesn't fly in today's understanding of how human physiology works. And so the spine is a functional mobile network of tissue supporting multiple angles of movement and leverage for multiple degrees of freedom. I believe there are six degrees of freedom and the spine is at the center of that. And so my first point in today's episode for you to hold on to is we are not a two-dimensional block of, of uh, a stack of blocks uh, from, the st from the spinal standpoint. 
The second point is the human body takes in a ton of force and a ton of stress. And sometimes that stress can be destructive in nature. But regardless of whether it's destructive or constructive, forces from the outside and inside attack the spine at all times, literally um, coming into it as a fulcrum point. And the spine could be considered a lever point where these uh, forces meet, a lever point or a fulcrum point where these forces converge. And we can get in greater detail on that. But for first, before we go into too much detail on that, let's just discuss one of Newton's laws. It's the third law, which states when one object exerts a force on a second object, the second object exerts an equal and opposite force on the first object. So I took physics in undergrad and physics was one of the most enlightening courses I took in undergrad, but it's also a very complex and difficult course to comprehend and problem solve with. But let's try to keep this principle and this law to the most simple, most basic concept for today's purpose. This law is taking place on the human body at all times. And so forces are coming at us at all times. And it's not only attacking us physically, but it's attacking us physiologically as well as these forces exert pressure um, at that cell level, at that tissue level. And at times, the concussion of these forces can take place directly on the spinal level. And specifically within the spine, it takes place in a complex, and this is a new term on this episode, so bear with me. It's a new term, but it's an old term that I found in the green books. And the term is vertimere. The forces converge where the bones, the disc, the connective tissue, which is ligaments, uh, tendons, and muscles, and the nerves all come, come together. And so if you think about the bones being stacked on top of each other, which I'm trying to move that image away from, and we look at it more like the bones are connected by connective tissue, and in between those bones are the disc uh, connecting the bones together. And then you've got the nerves literally going in and out of that complete area. And that area is a fulcrum point of where forces converge and come in uh, together. And so that area, that vertimere, is physiologically a system designed for taking on compression and conversion of forces and turning that into a constructive adaptability. And the reason that takes place is because of proprioception and due to proprioception, the body knows where it is in space and at time. And so the spine is built for and required to take on compressive stress during most, if not all, activities of daily living. Just think about that. It takes on forces all day long. And so 
Activities such as carrying groceries, sitting to standing, climbing stairs, taking care of your pets, driving, computer use, household chores, lifting objects, bathing, dressing, shaving, sleeping, you name it. All of these activities, even walking, there are forces coming into the spine and those forces converge at that vertimere level and that vertimere is taking information in through the neurology and through the connective tissue and through the position of those bones and disc. And so there has been research study that shows compressive loads as much as 1200 newtons can take place on the cervical spine at times. Now if we had to convert newtons to pounds per force because I'm sure most of you are similar to me I had no comprehension of what a newton uh, entailed but if uh, we converted 1200 newtons that would equal to about 270 pounds per square foot. So there is the ability to take on a ton of compressive force within the spine. And if you think about that, and you think about how just the normal day-to-day -day activities, this spine is in constant movement and is in constant influx of forces, it is designed specifically for that purpose. It is designed to take these destructive forces at time uh, destructive in nature I should say that are not specifically causing injury at the macro level to the bones the discs the connective tissues or the nerves but instead adapting those forces for the greater good of the body and so we need to do a quick refresher here that the human body is constantly striving towards coordination healing and at the forefront of that objective are the nerves. It's a neurological adaptability machine. And the neurological system coordinates every part of our physiology, the 70 trillion cells throughout our body, through communication of vital electrical, chemical, mental impulses. It's the leading system for adaptation, folks. And it's taken place both internally and externally. And the spine and the vertimere are at the forefront of that adaptation. And so at the position of uh, prominence for coordination is the brain. The brain is uh, the headquarters per se of that coordination. And so all organizations uh, including which are alive require a position of leadership of sorts and the brain takes that role uh, and that role for the neurological system. So. The spinal cord is really an extension of the brain, and it's an extension down from the brain and theor theoretically uh, part of the central nervous system. And so you could look at the brain and the spine or the back as the headquarters for adaptation and coordination of homeostasis or healing or health or well-being, whatever term you want to use. But together, the point of this conversation is the brain and spinal cord are protected with bone and soft tissue and disc in order for a lack of injury to take place. 
And another point of what I want to relay in today's episode is not only are they there for uh, protection, but I believe professionally they're there for conversion of these forces coming into the spine. I believe that if the spine is at the center of where the fulcrum of forces are taking place, then theoretically if Newton's third principle or third law of uh, forces being converted um, or an equal and um, opposite force is taking place, then we have to conclude that the neurological system is and um, uh, can and is taking on these forces and converting them uh, for use internally. And so in order for the body to have all of this freedom and all of this ability to uh, adapt to stress, there needs to be a physical separation of uh, space for the nerves to be protected and for the bones to move and glide and for all of this communication taking place through the neurological system to have interference free communication and so the spine is moving the spine is adapting forces and there needs to be a, a in a, a state of movement without um dis interference taking place on that movement and so within the spinal cord and the nerve roots are a ton of protective tissue there taking these forces that are coming into the spine and effectively and efficiently converting these forces into positive constructive forces for more movement, for more protection, and for more stability. Think about that. Protection and direction taking place within the spine and this intimate relationship at that vertimere level where the bones, the disc, and the connective tissue and nerves all meet together is the, the, the point of today's episode in regards to spinal function. So you've got movement, you've got protection, you've got conversion of energy taking place. And integrity within the structural and functional relationships of all the parts of the spine is a very complex and masterful architectural system. And it's built with this new term that I'm gonna throw at you today, which is tensegrity. Tensegrity is not a new term and we'll dive into this on a later episode, but tensegrity in the form of a combination of tension with the vertimere and integrity. And so what that means is you've got movement within the spine and you've got forces being converted. Those two built together create a state of tone. We've talked about tone on this uh, podcast before, and I challenge you to look more into tone because tone relates directly to tensegrity and tensegrity is the key point that takes place within the spine for optimal adaptation to stress and destructive forces being exerted on the body. And so that's today's episode. I will save more content rich 
information in regards to spinal dynamics for a later episode that you can join us on. And we will continue this conversation on why chiropractors are so passionate about regular chiropractic adjustments for overall well-being and how the spine influences that for a greater state of healing and optimal expression of innate intelligence. Thanks for joining us on this episode. I had fun with this one. I will catch you on the next. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode as I did. Let me know what you enjoyed about it by tagging us at Today's Tick on social media. And if this is your first episode, please subscribe. Leave us a review. Reviews help us spread the message about chiropractic and the location, analysis, and correction of vertebral subluxation. Share this episode with your friends, classmates, and colleagues. Be a champion and send them this episode. As B.J. Palmer said, you never know how far-reaching something you think, say, or do today will affect the lives of millions tomorrow. As always, we like to end our episodes with the definition of chiropractic. Chiropractic is a healthcare discipline that recognizes the innate recuperative power of the body to heal itself through identifying and caring for vertebral subluxations due to the relationship between structure and function as coordinated by the neurological system and how that relationship affects the preservation and restoration of well-being. This information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, mitigate, or prescribe the use of any technique as a form of treatment for any physical conditions, symptoms, or diseases. Directly consult with a qualified healthcare professional for any chiropractic or medical advice. In addition to the benefits of chiropractic care, one should also be aware of the existence of some risk. Risk associated with some chiropractic care may include soreness, musculoskeletal sprain, strain, and fracture. In addition, there have been reported cases of stroke associated with chiropractic care. Research and scientific evidence do not establish a cause and effect relationship between chiropractic care and the occurrence of stroke. Rather, studies indicate that people may be consulting chiropractors when they are in the early states of a stroke. In essence, there is a stroke already in process. However, you are being informed of this reported risk.